All right, guys, we are super excited to have Fluvium on board as a partner for this podcast. Fluvium is conceptualized to cater to the daring, young, rebellious, and free-spirited individuals in the Asia-Pacific region. The intersection of combat sports, board sports, art, and music lies in a culture that is unique, free-spirited, and uplifting. The products and apparel which cater to the fight, skate, and surf market are designed and crafted to symbolize simplicity and creativity. Since you guys have been stuck at home, we've partnered with Fluvium to get you guys a 10% discount on mats to facilitate and help you to continue training at home. Use coupon code LEVERAGE10, that's LEVERAGE spelled out, 1-0 on checkout to get your discount. But as uh, promised, we are back again with Leverage Radio. And today our guest is a multiple time IBJJF winner, black belt under Ryan Hall, an instructor at the 5050 Academy, Professor Adam Benayoun. How are you, sir? Very I'm good great. to have it's, you on. Yeah, it's great to be here. Awesome. I'm really happy to talk to you guys and, you know, just uh, talk about jujitsu. I don't know how we got you on. Like it was purely by luck. We messaged you and you responded. And we, I mean, kind of like, just to be honest, bit nervous. So <laughs> that's just like where we are right now. Yeah. Um, so you were mentioning you had a student from India. Like, yeah. have you have you been exposed to anyone else from India? Like, uh, have you have um, you been to India? I've never been to India. Um, my um, my dad's from Israel, so I've been around the Middle East a little bit. Um, but I never never India. I trained uh, I trained at Marcelo's with Munchie for a while. Um, right. Who's you know a phenomenal grappler, really really good, and and super cool guy too. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think him and Bucci is my student now. Um, I think that's okay. the, the only show. I mean, I've had the privilege to be in the same training room with him as well at Unity, um, I think, two Munchy. years ago. Yeah, yeah he's great. Um, and now, I mean, he's just, I mean, I think he's getting into MMA right now, so he's hes really, really active at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, Munch has always been, um, I think, just um, really loved, like, the process and loved competing. You know, like, he'd always put himself out there, always be training really hard. Um, you know, so I'm sure if he goes into MMA, which it seems like he is, uh, I'm sure he'll be successful there too. And what about yourself? Uh, for me, I, I'm just really focused on jujitsu. Um, right. you know, I, I, I train at 50, 50 with, uh, with Ryan. So I'm, a, I'm exposed to a good amount of MMA guys. Um, right. and every now and again, I'll, I'll do like, uh, they just call it little gloves, but it's like when they do jujitsu with gloves on. Um, every now and again, I'll do that with them just for fun and to see if I can help out. But I think that MMA is, um, and really, I think this is the same about really anything in life, but it's not the, th- the type of thing that you should pursue unless you really, really want to do it. You know, like mm-hmm. don't do MMA and if you just kind of want to, you know, the same way <laughs> you like, it's too dangerous. Yeah, you kind of have one you, foot in the door, right? Yeah. Like the, the repercussions for not taking it seriously are, are, are are real, you know? So I, that's not something that I would do unless I had like a burning desire to go pursue it. Um, but you know, it's just fun to be in the room with those people, pick up on the, pick up on different things from them. But for me, I just want to, um, you know, focus on jujitsu, compete as much as I can and, and, you know, gain as much experience as I can and then, you know, pass it on to other people and, and just 
you know, kind of just live the jujitsu life, you know? That's pretty cool, man. Have you have you guys seen an influx of a lot of MMA guys after Ryan's Ultimate Fighter run? Um, not really, man. I think like you'd be surprised if you came to our gym. It's mostly jujitsu hobbyists, and right. when we have events coming up, we bring in a lot of people. Um, so Ryan is good about bringing in high level guys to train with, and you know sometimes it's guys from jiu-jitsu sometimes it's guys that are fighting in mma but we'll just get like a constant stream of people here i think over the last week we had um uh, sorry my dog's running around we had uh we had uh jake mckenzie here uh this week we had Eamon the hobby um we had um cory sanhagen you know so we just have like a constant stream of good guys kind of coming through the gym and training that's pretty cool man yeah it's fun <laughs> but it's different it's different than like a marcello or unity where you have all these guys that are just always there you know i think it makes a a different environment for learning because when things are a little bit more off season it's much more of a focus on development like skill development and then when we have good guys come in we're like okay now it's time to kind of try everything we've been working on you know right so when um so you have a fight coming up, uh, a, a grappling yeah. match coming up in just under a fortnight. Um, so what does training really look like for you leading up to an event like that? And uh, let's say two weeks out, what does a day in your life look like? Um, you know, I know it doesn't really change too much, man, because I'm always training, you know, like, uh, like I pretty much always train twice a day, six days a week. And then Sunday is kind of my day off just to you know, chill and reset and recharge the body and the mind. But, um, but for me, a day is like wake up, usually go to the gym at like 10 a.m., have a private, teach class. Um, usually I'll teach class and then I'll train with the class. And then afterwards, Ryan comes in and I will uh, drill with Ryan, train with Ryan for however long. Usually, usually it's a long, a long first part of the day. Usually I'm at the gym from like, 10 30 to like i don't know like 3 30 you know and then um have a little break come back like six o'clock teach train again uh, drill roll right. and then i'm usually there from like six to like 11 <laughs> you know so, you, so it's yeah you're at the gym i mean yeah you're packed right so what is what is drilling um entail i mean is it the traditional way of drilling are you just doing like no. five minute rounds no, I think the drilling that, that we do is very different. Um, and I never really drilled this way until I met Ryan. Um, but it's very, um, I guess I would say it's very conversational. The same way that we're having a conversation right now, but what I'm saying isn't planned and what you're saying, you know, maybe maybe it's somewhat planned, like you have an idea of what you want to talk about, but you're like, hey, let's just kind of go down this road and see what happens. Um, so I think that a lot of the time when people are drilling, they have a premeditated movement that they want to work on and then they have a premeditated reaction for example you want to work on a leg drag right and you're like okay i'm going to start in delahiva i'm going to do a leg drag and then when i do the leg drag my partner does this you know correct but that's not really how it works out when you're training right you know like they people can do whatever they want and it's on us to be able to move our body and adjust accordingly um in space to figure things out so I think that way of drilling is very valuable for when you're first starting to figure out how to do a move. Like, how do I even do this thing? Really do it like really step by step until you get kind of an idea of what's going on down. 
same way if I'm cooking, you know, and I never made something before, I'll follow the recipe exactly. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't want to mess anything up. But then once you do it a couple of times, you do it five times, 10 times, you start to improvise a little bit. You start to make it your own. So right. when we're drilling, I think it's way more conversational. Mm-hmm. Let's say, um, let's say I want to, like, for example, uh, my, my opponent in two weeks is like a good footlocker, right? So I've been drilling just like some different, um, different, different footlock counters and different um, escapes from positions. Um, but it'll be more like I'll start in a position that I know he's good at. And then I'll work my way out and I'll have my, my training partner or my drilling partner give me various different looks because I can't just say, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. And then you're going to do this thing every time I have to problem solve, you know what I mean? And I think that when you're drilling like that, you get more of a, um, it's more mentally engaging. It's, it's more like, um, it's a little bit more real. It's almost like being able to roll at a very low intensity, Right. but I get to win the round. Correct. That makes sense. So you're basically essentially just feed, getting feedback off each other. Um, exactly. And we see that back and forth. I mean, we've been exposed to some of Ryan's uh, new DVDs, and we see that back and forth between the two of you. So is that like, does that go on for like an hour? How long do you normally spend on that? In a day. Man, I would say in the afternoon, it could be anywhere from like an hour and a half to like three hours. And then at night, probably... Yeah probably the same because it's not um it's not incredibly hard on your body i don't think right right to me it's, it's much more like mentally taxed, you know right. especially um sometimes like me and ryan will be working on something different you know and and or sometimes it's the same thing but he's further along especially when we're doing um when we're working on wrestling so mm-hmm. uh I'll give you an example yesterday um we're working on a judo movement called a tile uh and Ryan has been working on it for longer than I have. I'm kind of just getting my feet wet with it. So Ryan is wanting, you know, to go through like, almost like, like more of a conversation. And I'm like, man, I don't even know how to say hello yet. You know, can we slow this down so that I can kind of figure out what you're doing and how to do this movement. Um, And then when I start to understand it more, we can up the pace more, you know, and then if I don't understand that we have like some really good resources in the gym, like uh, we have a, two students or actually they're instructors at the gym um they're the Tarao brothers and like judo black belts amazing wrestling and you know i might grab them like hey can you explain this to me i'm not really understanding it um you know so kind of slowly but surely work your way up with understanding so you can have more of the conversation and drilling but i think like yeah but if i understand the movement we can make it pretty dynamic you know what i mean um but it just kind of depends how far along you are but yeah, it's it's probably like an hour and a half. To, I'd say we drill for like two, maybe two hours in the afternoon. And then we probably do specific training. So let's say we drill something from 50-50. We'll drill it for an hour and a half. Well, usually we'll drill a couple things, like do like 30 minutes on the feet, do like maybe an hour on the ground, something like that. And then we'll, and then we'll do um, specific training. Right. I mean that's 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 a lot of um a lot of drill time. Uh, but yeah, of- um you mentioned the inclusion of uh you had two good wrestling guys. Uh did the Merk I mean the Merkel grip that's been introduced into his back system, did that come yeah. from them? Uh I don't think it came from them, but definitely they had a lot of input, you know what I mean? Like uh they had a lot of uh thoughts once Ryan right. started doing it in training but honestly that was just Ryan started doing doing stuff you know like Ryan's very 
very creative in training and it's super super effective and we've been using it here and um i mean <laughs> very few people have an answer for it yeah it's a cool position right i think that's um i think that's the beauty of um being innovative is that a lot of the time you're you're figuring things out a little bit ahead of the curve so so it's hard for people to just problem solve you know like how do i how do i deal with this thing that i've never seen before um and i think that you know i'm not big on or i'm not huge on kind of some of those you know weird submissions that you might see Uh, like i don't think that fundamentally it's the best thing to revolve a strategy around but it's good to have some things like that in the mix you know what i mean there's some things like that that like uh, we had a uh, we had some visitors uh, I think a week and a half ago, um, and one of them was a was a female named Nikki Sullivan who uh, trains at Athos headquarters, mm-hmm. and she had a good uh, Tarika Plata, and I never seen that move before. You know, I've heard of it, but I never seen it, and mm-hmm. um, I never seen it in person. And I I saw her posted on her Instagram, and I asked her, Hey, can you show me it? And man, I think I've hit like I don't know. 50 Tariqo Plata since then like I love it you know it's like such a <laughs> such a cool move but but I think that you know if you had shown me it when I was a a white belt I might or a blue belt I might try to you know create a game around it but now I'm like right. okay this is where this thing fits and I a lot of people that. haven't seen it yeah people haven't seen it that often so they're gonna have trouble defending it you know right um so yeah I think that stuff like that is cool but the Merkel is one that it's everywhere you know yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned that a lot of people struggle with things they haven't seen. Um, I think the jiu-jitsu community in general right now is struggling with a lot of the leg locks that are being introduced. Um, but um, yeah. you've been training with Ryan for a while. Uh, one one could say it, it, all this is not that surprising to you because he was actually, I think, a pioneer with the leg lock game back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. He He's definitely... I would say that there's a lot that he figures out on his own, but he also definitely does a lot of research and we, we both do, you know, we both watch a lot of matches and we break down footage and it's great to have somebody that I can try things on. Hey, how does this feel? How does that feel? But I think that, I think a big problem that kind of exists in learning is that people will see something and just take it as fact. You know, and and sometimes sometimes all of the sometimes most of the pieces are there. But the problem, I think, is like, let's say let's say you have someone like John Danaher, you know, who is who is an amazing instructor, obviously produces top level guys, you know. And let's say you watch his DVD and you figure you start practicing something, something that he's showing on a footlock. You might just think, okay, this is how it's done and it can't get any better. Right. And you might also not be doing it correctly because you can't ask him to feel it. You know what I mean? So sometimes you get this feedback where you're like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I'm just kind of doing my best to copy what this person showed me. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that if it starts to go wrong, you don't know how to fix it. (laughs) And, and also um, what if it could be better? You know what I mean? And I think that that's, that's something that um, I think uh, Ryan Whenever Ryan kind of sees something that maybe the Danaher guys do, you know, we'll, we'll go and drill it and be like, okay, how can we make this better? You know, how can I do something different? Like, how does this feel? How does that feel? What happens if you move this way? What happens if you move that way? 
I don't know. Can we train from here? Slap hands. Let's roll. You know what I mean? And then really try to break down what's happening, why it's happening. How do we make it better? Where does it break? And I think that sometimes people just see the footage or see a technique. They're like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'll try it. And then they just think it's perfect right off the bat. And I think that that's, that's the difference, I think, between like a, a mediocre leg lock guy and like a world-class leg locker is going to be their ability to figure things out when they, when, when uh, movements break apart or break away, you know, because that's not something that you might see on a DVD. You know, it's like, how do I intuitively solve this problem? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because every, everybody takes the stuff at face value and then just runs with it. Um, but uh, I mean, so you are, I mean, you ha- have you had a look at the other stuff coming out? Like Lachlan Giles has, uh, a yeah. 50 thing that he's put out there so you guys are troubleshooting that all the time i'm guessing um i haven't i haven't um watched lachlan's dvd i mean i've studied his adcc matches quite a bit um i think lachlan's great i trained with him at marcello's um oh man probably like five or six years ago i was a purple belt um and he was awesome to roll with really really fun to train with really helpful um and i think that actually um you know, like when I watched Jiu-Jitsu now, the backside 50-50 is getting really popular, you know? And that was something where I remember before the BJ Penn fight, Ryan, and like nobody was really using it, you know? I, I, and, and that was like, that was like my, no one. That, yeah, that was my Seeing it weapon, in MMA you know? all the time now. Yeah, you see it in MMA, you see it in all these Jiu-Jitsu matches. I was watching the guy I'm competing against that's on do a backside 50-50 heel hook in a match, you know? And, <laughs> uh, and, and like, whatever it was three, four years ago, I was like, man, this is my secret weapon. Nobody knows this move. <laughs> and then, I mean, and then, yeah. and then, yeah. And then Ryan did it. And I was like, all right, people are going to start to pick up on it. And then Lachlan went on the ADCC run, tapped everybody, you know? And I was like, well, fuck, you know, everybody knows now, you know? So, yep. but, but that was a good thing because, you know, on one end, it's unfortunate that, you know, everybody knows my, my, secret move you know but on the other end it's forced me to get better at it you know like people are defending it better people are attacking it on me so the more the information that's out there the more the levels are going to grow right you even see danaher uh playing around with it in his new wave um instructionals Um, yeah yeah and and yeah yeah he wasn't doing that last time around in the leg lock stuff so (laughs) now it's like new i mean he's i mean i'm sure he's picking it up from well proven Experts yeah. work, but right. but how could how could you ignore something that's so Effective. that's been so devastating in competition and um, yeah. I think such a such a such a dynamic position that you can get to from everywhere. You know, if you watch the last who's number one, Mikey got backside fifty fifty heel hook. Craig got backside fifty fifty heel hook. You yep. know, yep. Um, and I think that most most of the footlocks before this kind of idea came came along were finished on the front side of the body which it's naturally going to be a little bit easier to defend um right. on the back side you're behind me you know what i mean so when you cut the corner on that it's really difficult to to kind of catch up just like a dog chasing its own tail um right. so so yeah i think um i think it's going to get more and more popular i think people are going to continue to innovate and you know i'm i'm curious to see where the footlock game will be in a couple of years you know I mean, so are we, man. So exciting. Yeah. So um, just, I want to take it back a few years. Like uh, you mentioned that you weren't training like this, so you weren't innovating like this before you met Ryan. Um, take us through your journey in, in jiu-jitsu. Like what prompted the change towards 
you know, uh, training at 50-50? Yeah, so um, I started training at um, Alliance New York City, was what it was called at the time. It was with uh, Fabio Clemente, uh, Babs Osan Macon, and Lucas Lepre. So it was, uh, it, was a, it was a great gym. High quality uh, gym, yeah. Yeah, it was really, really great. And, and I think that that, from the beginning, set a really high standard in my head of just what jiu-jitsu was. Because, I mean, you look on the mat and you see Lucas Lepre is your instructor. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's kind of your, that's, that was just kind of like the baseline. That's just what I thought. Your introduction to it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I didn't know anything about competing. I didn't know that he was a world champion. I just went on Google and typed in jiu-jitsu and it happened to be close to my house, you know? So I got really lucky with that. And then um, that gym was awesome. Um, I, I had so much fun there. I think it was one of those things that when I look back on, I don't think that everybody recognized how special it was until it was gone. You, you know, it's one of those like time and place things where everything is so perfect that right. you almost don't think about the fact that it might not be like this forever, you know? And also, I was so young at the time. I was like 17 till 20. So in my head, I was just, I don't know. I was living like, yeah, I was living the dream life, you know? I mean, there's some serious names that came out of that gym. It's insane. Yeah, Uh, man. Yeah. That young to be exposed to that would have been insane. Yeah, it was a great gym. Um, And I was lucky that I always had, um, I've always kind of had somebody that was more experienced than me that kind of took me under their wing a little bit. So... Mm -hmm. All the all the head instructors were really helpful to me when I was there, but the main person was um, there was a guy named David Bass who he hasn't he has I don't I don't know that he does jujitsu really anymore, but in like 2008 2007 he was really really uh, really big like he he won worlds at blue belt and he had a fucking cool game it was like upside down guard triangles just like ryan back in the day you know and that was kind of how i met ryan i met ryan i think in 2009 um just through david you know like he was kind of like my mentor we were both the same age i think he was maybe a year older than me and he was the person who kind of helped me the most i think when i was first starting because we were just friends and we train all day and he was way way better than me so he was just showing me stuff you know and then um i think that I think that from the beginning, David had such a interesting jujitsu, you know, and, and it didn't look like anybody else's. It was like all upside down triangles and submission. It was really unique, you know? So I think that I kind of gravitated more towards whatever that was, you know, something that looked a little different. Of course, now when I see that, you know, in my white, I have a white belt student that's just like, oh, I just want to do upside down stuff. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I kind of roll my eyes, but that's totally how I was too. You know what I mean? But, 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 you know, I tell, I tell them the same thing. Like, Hey, if if you want to work on this, it's fine, but it's just going to take time, you know? And, and, yeah, I was, I was there for, a, for, I think, three or four years. And then, um, you know, things started to kind of, like, people started to go different directions. Lucas moved to Atlanta. Um, some of the more experienced guys, like we had a guy, Chris Byzantine, who is one of the main competitors. I think he won worlds at Purple Belt and Blue Belt. He wound up moving and just, I mean, life happened, you know, so various yeah. people started moving away. And then at the time, I got a kind of cool opportunity to move to Hawaii. And I was like, well, 
yeah, I was like, man, I'm 21. I can <laughs> maybe live in Hawaii for however long, you know? So I was like, I- I'm going to go do it, you know? And then I was living there and it was awesome. Um, but at a certain point, I recognized that the level of jujitsu and also the level of commitment from the people around me wasn't as high, which is fine. Right. It was like, they were all great people. It's just, they didn't want to become full-time jujitsu fighters, you know? Yeah. So it's like, okay, if I need to, if I want to do this for real, I need to be around a bunch of people that have the same goal. Right. So I went, I went back to New York. Um, and I think I went, I went to Fabio's gym. I talked to everybody, trained a little bit. Um, and then I went to Marcelo's and when I went to Marcelo's, I was just kind of blown away with the atmosphere and mm-hmm. the, just the room. Like it felt like, um, I think that what we had at Alliance New York, that kind of like, it was almost like a, it was almost like a Goldilocks zone where it was so many mm-hmm. good guys, but it was so small at the same time. I think that was kind of different because it was really intimate, you know, like it was just like you, you get like like almost like a semi-private class with Lucas every day and really tough training, you know, um, at Marcelo's, there was just so many good people. I didn't, I like, that was, I, that was completely new to me. Like, how is there 30 black belts on the mat, you know, like 30 black belts and all of these world champion color belts, you know, like, like Munch, Dylan, Gianni, Mateus, Marco, you know, there was just so many good guys. And then so many guys that you're like, okay, this guy's a brown belt, but I never heard of him. Like, I must be able to beat this guy to fucking get smashed, you know? And just like, like so many, so many good guys at the gym. Um, so that was different for me, you know? And then right. I was, I was, there was definitely like an adjustment period um, where I think I was starting to figure out what actually worked for me and what didn't. Because when I was in Hawaii, I was one of the, I was the most experienced person in the room besides the instructor. So I would get away with a lot of training. I would do yeah. something, and I was like, I don't think that would work if it was a better guy, you know, like, I, just, I if this was, if it, I just don't think it would work, you know, and then you go to Marcel's and you're like, oh, yeah, that didn't work, that didn't right. work, that didn't work, that didn't work, you know, so you start to figure out what does work and what doesn't, right. you know, and then um, Marcelo's was, was great for me, you know, I think that was like, like, when I went there, it was kind of like Gianni took me under his wing quite a bit, and then you know, we, we were drilling every day, training every day, going to all the tournaments. And I think I really started to, um, I started to believe in myself when I was at that gym, you know, and that, that's something that you can't, um, can't really teach people, you know, it just either comes or it doesn't. Some people, right. some people are, you know, some people just have it right away, which I think is, is amazing. Um, but at least for me, it was, it was seeing in the room and seeing on the, in the tournaments that I could do well against the best guys, you know? And then once that started to happen, I think the results started to follow more and more. Um, but yeah, Marcellus was a great place for me, man. I really loved it there. Um, what, what, what is Hawaii like, man? I can't imagine that uh, it's very productive to become an, uh, a full-time combat athlete in Hawaii. Yeah. So actually they have a lot of MMA, which is cool. Um, like it, the, the thing that's awesome about Hawaii is it has a very like uh, has a very deeply rooted fighting culture, yeah. you know, where where like if you walk down the street and you just grab some guy like, hey, do you know what jujitsu is? They probably will, you know, and right. they, they, they like that's the stuff in MMA, right? Like they probably would know and they would have an idea of what's going on. A lot of the people out there do judo from a young age also because, um, you know, because Hawaii has strong Japanese roots. Mm-hmm. Um 
So I find that they, I found that they actually had a really strong fighting culture. It was just that for jujitsu specifically, there wasn't as many people around me that were wanting to make that their goal. So I was actually training with some good MMA guys, you know, um, but that was just not my interest. You know, I mean, I loved rolling with them. They were all super cool guys and, and tough training, but I just, at the time I wanted to do the gi a lot and I wanted to, um, I think I just, I recognized that this was a really unique point in my life that I might not get back because when you're 21, 22, you have a little bit of time to, you know, fuck around and make mistakes and have fun and explore. But then I mean, at a yeah, certain you, point, you jump on that, right? Hawaii. Yeah. It was such a great life experience. You know, I, I wouldn't change it for anything. And I made so many great friends out there and I learned a lot about myself and about martial arts and about life. And, um, you know, maybe it was one of those things for me that I had to do that to appreciate other things, you know? Right, so, right. yeah. So, so I, I, I love Hawaii, man. It's always going to have a special, special place in my heart, you know? Plus like it's good but, when you retire, yeah. like from competing and from, from like being serious with it, that's the place to go to then. Like, okay, it's a nice maybe, vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, I, I was thinking out there how it would be a really cool place to raise kids because it's like, um, it's almost like the kid, like, like they'd open the, like nobody's door was locked. The kids be running around the neighborhood, like playing in the street. I was like, man, this is awesome. You know, everybody trusts each other. Everyone's friendly. Um, you know, the weather is obviously beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was great. I, I've always thought about that, you know, maybe like when I'm ready to have, have kids and settle down, maybe Hawaii, you know? And um, so <clears throat> what, what drew you to Jiu-Jitsu to begin with? Like, you, do you have a background with it um, martial arts? When I was a kid, I did um, karate, um, and that was always fun. Uh, I think just growing up, though, I just kind of liked fighting. You know, I was just kind of scrappy. Me and my friends, I mean, growing up in New York, especially Manhattan, it's, it's like a it's kind of a scrappy environment, you know, and I like that. You know, people are people are people people are always kind of talking shit and messing with you and, and, and motivated. And I think that me and my friends always grew up just kind of like, like fighting with each other. Like fight, we would, yeah. yeah. Like we would like, not, not, not to like, not like a malicious way, but like we, <laughs> no, we call it, we call it slap boxing, you know, right. I'm sure you guys have done it, you know? So we, <laughs> we always grew up slap boxing and then uh, we would do jujitsu, but we did, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, well, know what it was called we called it dueling that was what we called rolling you know we called it dueling we're gonna have a duel um, and then uh and then uh you know we watched mma and and i was i was into both of those things and and i think um i think i was just so competitive you know and i wanted to beat all my friends you know and that's how it started and then we were at some party in high school and me and my friends started dueling at the party and I, I put him in a guillotine and I put him to sleep and oh. I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, yeah. but, and afterwards I was a little, like, part of me was like, man, like, oh, I could have hurt my friend. I, I yeah. could have hurt my friend. Like, this is like, why am I doing this? And then the other half of me was like, that was cool though. That was fucking cool. That was fucking yeah. cool. And then, and then it was the same thing with the vibe at the party because it starts off fun it's every all these kids drinking you know everyone and then like this kid's unconscious and everyone's like 
holy shit, what like is what just happened? And then half the people were freaked out. And then somebody came up to me and was like, that was fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we're going to replace the word rolling with dueling from now on, Moet. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be an awesome. It's so much better. It's so much better, you know? And you feel like more noble. I always felt like a knight. Medieval. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Sorry, cutting out. Can you still hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay, Actually, cool. I think you yeah, just, uh, absolutely. Um, I hear you. Cool. So, yeah, um, so, ha- so after okay. that, I just tried a class, and yeah. then uh, and then the rest is history. <laughs> I think that was it. They start, They stopped. They stopped wanting to duel me. I got too good. <laughs> <laughs> and what's uh, funny though? What's funny though is now now they want to sometimes, and yeah. I don't want to do it. <laughs> who you are like friends His from friends back in the day yeah. School, yeah. my friends that i grow up with because now they're like they they want to duel with me but it's always it's always like let's do it on the hard wood at our house i'm like fuck no <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm like i'm like i'm not gonna risk getting hurt you well, know well, you're, well, like, you're some spazzy idiot you're gonna try to slam me you know what i mean like i'm not and then it's either it's either they want to try to it's either they want to try to slam me or they want to try to not get tapped for you know, however long they can and then tell me I suck, you know, <laughs> you've, been doing this, you've been doing this your whole life now and, and you can't tap me in 20 seconds. So you suck. And somehow <laughs> they're made of knees and elbows. More that sounds right. a lot like you, man. Yeah. yeah that, that's kind of, uh, that does sound whole, a lot like you. Just my whole game shit, is right? based on that. Like I just want trash talk and running away. Yeah. Like we talk about, we were talking before about, um, how jujitsu is like a conversation, right? Right. And I think that sometimes when I train with people, they don't think about what they're saying with their body. You know? Where it's like I'll roll with I'll roll with somebody that maybe is less experienced than me and they'll come in super aggressive, right? And then the second that I start to do anything, they push me away and run away. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, so you're very conflicted emotionally with what you want to do here. You know, like part of you wants to fight, part of you wants to run. And I think that when I train with somebody and they feel like they barely grab me and they're not running and they just stay there, like this guy's good, you know? Well, when you're a little less experienced, when somebody comes at you really physically, like they're very physically strong and overwhelming, it's like, oh my God, that's kind of concerning. And I get that. But when you can kind of, weed through what's going on and assess their decisions you're like okay well i see why you're doing what you're doing and a lot of the time i find it's because they're maybe a little scared you know i mean that accurately describes every bjj uh, ibjjf competitor that we i mean that's not every but like a lot of the competitors they just um i mean they get the points and then they hold position they get points they hold position it's, it's yeah. very like kind of makes sense of what they're actually trying to do, but um, I get it, man. They're trying to win by whatever they have Any to. Means necessary. Yeah, and I do get, I do understand that to a degree. Um, like as far as I'm concerned, if I'm winning on points, um, the burden should be on the bottom or whoever's losing, right? Yeah. You know, and 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 I think that that's where there's. Like I see, I see flaws in the IBJJF rule sets, and I see flaws in the sub-only rule set. I think that the only pure way to grapple 
Um, really, it's more on the individual than any rule set, you know, because I think the way that I think about jujitsu now, it's more, it's more like I'm following space. And if I'm unwilling to follow space, then that's on me, you know, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's the rules that protect me, you know, or sometimes it's circumstance that protects you. Um, But it's really on the individual to grapple in a way that's appropriate, you know, and I would base like a few years ago when I didn't understand some of these, these different ideas, I would maybe be grappling in a way that was less productive, but I didn't know I was doing that. I was just doing what I thought was the best idea at the time. And maybe in five years when my understanding of jujitsu is different again, I'll, I'll, I'll change the way I grapple, you know? Right. So it's always a constantly kind of evolving situation. Um, oops, sorry. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, uh, I think that it's on us to make, to make the matches what they should be. And, and that, that matters if I'm winning or losing, you know, I right. sometimes I, I was, I was talking to, um, a visitor, um, not too long ago and I mounted him in training is fine, you know, and, and I was telling him like, you should move <laughs> because mm-hmm. he was just, he was just basically trying to not get tapped and i remember being um like a blue belt and being like all right if i this black belt doesn't tap me then like i did good this round but i think that i would be i would be more annoyed about that when i was like a purple belt or a brown belt where i'm like man this blue belt's just trying to not get tapped that i would get really grimy and i would do whatever i could to tap him but now i think positionally i was just like well i'm gonna cross face you and if you don't do anything about it, I'm just going to keep cross-facing you. Right. And then I, I said something to him because I was like, man, like you should try to escape. You should try to move. I see what you're doing. But he was, and, and his response was, well, I'm trying to wait for a moment. And I was like, well, you're going to be waiting all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> because it just, it, it's just, it's just at a certain point, like I'm, I'm not going to just make a mistake. And from a strategic standpoint, you're putting yourself very far behind. It's like, let's right. say, let's say we're playing um, soccer or football, right? And, and the score is four zero, you're winning. And I take all of my guys and I put them around the goal. It's like, okay, I might not score again, but you're definitely going to lose, you know? So, so, so I think that just assessing the way that we grapple, the choices we make and how that can change on the flies, you know? huge like i think the problem in sub only a lot of the time is people will um let their guard get passed or they get mounted and they just try to not defend or not do anything because they're like well i'm gonna start on this guy's back so yeah that's a problem that came up with eba i think right yeah because it's like are you really better i don't think you're better than me you know what i mean if i if i if i if i put up 25 points on you in 10 minutes and you barely defend and you're just showing up trying to not get tapped and then you start on my back and tap me. Or if I start on, if you do that to me and I start on your, if I start on your back and tap you, I'm not really going to feel like I won, you know? Right. No, that makes sense, man. Uh, I, speaking of rule sets, uh, so your next bout is with third course crap. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this rule set. I think it's fun. It's 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 kind of unique. It's like a good blend of sub only and um it's it's what first first to first eleven points? Is first eleven points or something? So yeah, so so the hey Carissa, can you get the dog please? He's going crazy. (laughs) Uh um the so so it's it's sub only. 
Um, it's sub only for the first seven minutes, but if I put up 11 points, I win. So, or if he puts up 11 points, he wins. So it's basically, there's a scoreboard happening and, yeah. but let's say it's, it's, it's 10, 10 to five or whatever the case may be well, that, yeah. Then, then it points then, come then into play. No. So if it's 10 golden, to five. The golden point thing, right? You go it's to like, golden score. Okay. Yeah. It's golden score. Yeah. Ooh, if I get 11 cool. points, it, the match just ends. But if it's 10, five, then it would go to golden score. And then the way the golden score works is whoever put up more points gets to pick either standing top close guard or bottom close guard. And then it's first to score, you know? So, so that I like, that I like that a lot. Super unique. Can't wait to I mean, watch yeah. that. Like, That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I always thought, man, I always wished it was like that in, in IBJJF tournaments too, because <laughs> I, um, man, I've lost a lot of matches with just ref decision, you know? And, and I think that part of that is on me, you know, because I needed to do more, right? Like I can't, I can't just blame, I can't blame the referees. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as much as it's easy, like you want to do that. You want to say, man, this, this fucking guy should have gave it to me. Like yeah, I thought reflex, I didn't want yeah. yeah, but but it's like, no, I should have done better. You know, I should have put up points. I should have found a way to win. And I think it would be nice because a lot of the time it's like, whether they give it to me or they give it to the other guy, I don't really feel like I won that decisively if they give me the ref's decision. And if yeah. they give it to him, I don't really feel like they won. I'm like, let's give us five minutes to decide. You know what I mean? Right. First to score wins, you know? And I think that's really unique and fun and it's going to make the matches exciting, you know, and it also makes it so that people can't stall yeah. like crazy during the, uh, during the first section, because I'll see a lot of submission only matches where, for example, the points will be like astronomical, you know, somebody gets mounted, they get their back taken and they just do this the whole time and try to defend yeah. where it's like, man, you're losing a match so badly. You know what I mean? Like you're losing a, by a ton of and what you're just gonna you get to you get gifted the back like that seems dumb to me and then um, they cel- celebrate like they've just i mean won a world yeah they scream and, and 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 take their shirt off and everything and it's just like <laughs> and also another thing that that i didn't understand i feel like i'm like sub only hater but but i was doing some submission only training um just with uh you know like various guys that that come in that compete in that rule set uh, more often and we were doing the starting on the back and we kept running into the scenario where I would start on their back and they would escape, but their escape was me mounting them. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you're not out. You know, he's like, no, right. I'm out. We start over. I'm like, but you're, what do you mean you're out? I'm mounting you with the cross face. You're not out of shit. And then they're like, no, no, no. For this rule set, if what I get you off out? my back, it's an inferior starts. position, so yeah, that's what they say. They, they... But is it inferior? It's I don't not know. right. Exactly. I, I would say it's I equal think, to right. I'd say it's worse. I don't know, man. I, like, <laughs> you like, get cracked just... in the teeth if somebody's sitting on top of you, like. Yeah, but even if you take even if you take that out, I think that when you have somebody that's really good in the mount, it feels worse to me, man. Like I'd rather have I'd rather have Ryan on my back than in the mount on me, and I'd rather have fucking. Bernardo Faria on my back on the mount. I remember training with Bernardo when he was at Marcelo's and um, Bernardo's really massive. nice. People don't realize he's massive. He's massive, yeah. yeah. And and he's nice to me when, when we're training. Like, he's not trying to muscle me around or anything, but he can't help that he's 220 pounds. You know what I mean? Right. And I remember him mounting me and just being like, oh my fucking God, like, I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta get out of here right now, you know? And, and, you, and you can't, you know, I don't like, I don't probably way to... worse in the gi also, right? So probably way worse in the gi. That's what that blue think, belt felt. Yeah, I think it's 
tough either way. But in the gi, I mean, I think Bernardo's a little better in the gi, so it's definitely not easy. And also with the friction, it's hard to move. But I, that was just someone mounting me that, for whatever reason, stood out in my mind of just how kind of suffocating it was, you know, and, and how shitty it is when you want to get out and you try everything you can and you can't. And that's where you have almost the, I think that's, that to me is where you have the almost like life parallel when you're in a really hard right. situation and you're freaking out and you're stressed and you're panicked. You just and can't get out. You just can't you get just out. Can't get out. And, and then it, yeah. And it's almost like you have, at least for me now, I think what jujitsu has taught me is to have this almost like period of uh, acceptance where I'm like, okay, I'm stuck. I'm in trouble. I can't just get out right now, but let me try to work myself out. Like, what can I do? How can I make this a little better? How can I make this a little better? And then you, you, you know, once, once you slow down and start to think a little bit, you can, you can problem solve. And sometimes you get out and sometimes, you know, in, in, in jujitsu, you get tapped and then you, you, you try again, you know? Right. right. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think that just, at least for me now, I, I think the back is, um, more immediately dangerous as far as submission goes, but I think positionally the mount can feel mount much is better. Worse. You say, I mean, it's interesting you say that because with in in competition today, at least the trends that we're seeing is that people aren't going to the mount anymore. Um, yeah, they go to literally every other position but mount because yeah. they're just so worried about being thrown off. Do you think that's a fundamental flaw that's being ignored with uh, in teaching today? Um, I think I think so, but I but but I think that it's more. And this is my, my experience, but I think that I've gotten better at the mount as a black belt because I can actually mount people in training. Right. You know, when, when, if you look at the pathways that people have to the back, they're pretty endless, you know, and, and, and as a lower belt, I used to get the back a lot. Um, but that was more of, um, I would get the back from my guard and transitionally, and that was more of a substitute for me not having good passing. You know, I right. recognize, okay, my passing is not at a high enough level to be able to get through the guard of these really, really good competitors. But for my guard, I think I can make a pathway straight to their back, you know? Right. And, and I would use that as much as I could. Um, but, but if you watch someone like Hodger, who just trusts his passing, you know, and, and he's like, yeah, if you give me the mount, I'm going to take the mount. If you give me your back, I'm going to take your back. It's much more just taking what's available. Um, and I think he just has trust everywhere. Um, so I think that a big part of it is people don't have trust in the position. So they try to navigate around it. Um, and right. I think the other thing is that when you're a blue belt or purple belt or brown belt, even, I mean, you know, you could be a black belt. This is just, like the belt doesn't really matter. It's just you might not be passing the guard that much in training. So you might not be able to work them out. And I think that when I was at Marcelo's, especially I was, I was just another fish in the pond, you know, like I was by no means the best person in the room. So when I would train with all the guys, I was doing my best positions constantly, you know, and I, there was very rarely rounds where I could just work on something different. And, and in turn, I didn't get to work on the mount that much because I didn't pass the guard very much. And if I did pass the guard, I was just thinking about a way to get to your back, you know, yeah. um, because that was my strongest position. But now that I have more people to work with, like more like um, like more lower belts, you know, 
work on my passing a lot, work on the mount a lot. I'm like, okay, this class has um, mostly people I'm more experienced than. So let's do specific training from the mount. And then we can make the training more competitive because they get to start mounted on me and I get to develop my skill in the mount um, on them, you know? Correct. So, yeah. So, so I think that it's, I think it's something that you see neglected, but I think that when you see guys that use it well, you're just like, holy crap, like that looks yeah. different. You know, that because feels different. In today's day and age with the leg locks, I mean, fewer people are paying attention to actually really passing the guard. Um, yeah. So I think that it's, it's just going to get more and more neglected. And it's so cool to see guys that actually have a decent mount. Um, yeah. And actually like just hold people down from this. Very rare to see in competition nowadays. Yeah. But I think on that note, I think that most people put an emphasis on attacking and very little like emphasis on attacking and being and being um, dangerous, but very, mm-hmm. very little emphasis on their defense, you yeah. know? So I think that when I look, when I watch like people get footlock now, um, a lot of the time it seems like their defense is pretty poor in the sense that they just want to run. Right. They just want to leap, you know, they don't. And, 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 and sometimes that can get frustrating or annoying but that's not threatening at all. You know, there's mm-hmm. nothing scary about someone running from you. While I think that what the best guys are doing is they're staying in the pocket and they're trying to oh, counter. Yeah. 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 Like, like I think a really good example is like a Gordon's match with uh, Kyle Bohm, um, mm-hmm. where that guy goes for a heel hook, Gordon counters, takes his back and then transitions to the triangle arm lock and finishes him. You know, that's an example of somebody that. Even had, like Gary Tonin, I would say like, Gary's amazing, Except yeah. That, right? And we saw yeah, that yeah. again with uh, Craig this past uh, WNO uh, when he got the inside heel finish or the backside finish. Uh, yeah. The guy was running from him completely. At Dude, the- even Felipe Pena back in the day against Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. that it's yeah. tough because they... I think people are starting to do more footlocks. Obviously, even the guys that... Even the guys that didn't come, like the more like IBJJF guys are starting, like everyone has to learn or else they're going to just keep getting tapped. But right. I think that, I think that unless there's just like a, a thing where people let their ego down a lot and are willing to get tapped in the room a lot and also have access to really good foot lockers, they're not mm-hmm. going to learn how to stay in the pocket and exchange, you know? And, right. and I think that, that's where people are truly dangerous, but that's also where you could be caught, you know? So there is this whole like element of like letting your ego almost down so you can trust your jujitsu. Like in my match that's coming up, like he's a good leg locker. I'm a good leg locker. He's probably mm-hmm. a more notable leg locker. Cause I haven't competed in this rule set that much, but I'm not going to run, you know, like I'm going to stay in the fire and I'm going to try to get him and he's going to try to get me. And we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? But that to me is exciting. I don't want to just spend seven. I mean, that's the mind, mindset but it makes money, but it, it brings viewers in, right? But I think, yes, yes, you're right. But also that is how you would grapple if you weren't scared of what was happening. And if you mm-hmm. trusted yourself, like Fair think enough, about, yeah. think about if you, if you grabbed, if you grabbed like a kid, you know what I mean? Like you grab like a kid from the kids class, you're never going to run. You're never going to push them away. You're never going to bench press them. You're never going to back up. You know what I mean? You're just like, we're playing. We're having fun. I trust myself. You can't hurt me. You know what I mean? And then people have doubt and everybody has doubt, right? But 
I think almost like embracing it and being like, Hey, I'm going to trust myself and trust my jujitsu and um, see what happens, you know, is, is, is kind of what we want. Um, but I think that that's only going to come with like, um, almost like, like I really love practicing defense now. It's like one of my favorite things to do. And I never, I never really enjoyed that that much when I was coming up. Like I remember it would be like, if one of my instructors was like, uh, we're going to start a uh, bottom side control today. I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but, but now I'm excited about it. You know, now I'm the instructor that's like, Hey guys, we're going to start bottom right. side control come today. Full so, with that. It almost yeah, crushes it, the spirit. Like when your defense is so good, like somebody tries their best arsenal on you and you're just kind of smiling away through it. And then, you know, yeah, because it's like deflates them completely. The best guys are all counterfighters, you know? So it's like, take your best position so that you'll fight me. And then what if I could counter you? What if I could win? You know? And, and I think it's like you, you, people phrase it as this, like, what if thing or, or like, it's so unlikely, but why shouldn't I be successful if I put a ton of time into learning the ins and outs of these positions and you don't. Right. Yeah, that's situational to- training, right? Again, you just spend yeah. so much time in those positions that you're way, way better in those positions than these other guys are. Yeah. I went to, um, to a friend's gym a few months ago and we were all training and the training's really tough. I mean, like the room has a ton of great guys. Um, and the afternoon training was like, everyone tries to kill each other, which is great. You know, I think that's perfect for um, like developing the sharpness and the toughness before you go compete. But at night when we would do specific training, it would be like, um, let's say we do a four minute round uh, or I'm sorry, like, like it would be eight minutes. Like you go four minutes, I go four minutes for your four minutes. You pick your specific training. And then for my four minutes, I pick mine. Right. So I noticed with everybody, like when it was their turn, they would go like, Hey, I'm going to start in Delahiva or I'm going to start in this place or that place, you know, which is good. Like you're going to get practice from this situation. But to me, that's much more like an open round. Yeah, um, right. And I was the only person that was like, Hey, I'm going to start bottom turtle, mm-hmm. you know? And then I, I just thought that was interesting that, that it seemed like I was putting the time into the negative situations um, while everyone else was focused more on their offense their offense and and also like almost not getting into those spots because if they do get to those spots i think their thought process is like okay i'm gonna make a bad situation a little bit less bad and then i'll work myself i'll work myself to something positive like you start turtle on me and then i gramby and then i put my back on the ground and then i do a hip escape and then i get back to open guard but i'm like your turtle on me how do i take your back how do i get on top how do I find a footlock? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. how do I, how do I counter, you know? Direct and, counter instead of working your way through the position, yeah. traditional positional hierarchy. Right. Or sometimes now they'll try to run, you know, sometimes it's like, all right, you're top right. turtle. I'm going to stand up, try to fight your hands and run on a bounce, you know? And right, I'm like, well, right, right, right. I see how that could be useful in a sports setting, but that's not, not the way I want to grapple, you know? Yeah. And I think that what, like, I think Ryan's been a huge influence on my, my thought process just in, in those, those kind of um, scenarios, because in MMA, everybody wants to run from him on the ground. Nobody wants to grapple Ryan, you yeah, know? They, they spaz out and literally just run for their lives. That's right. Yeah, it. exactly. He's the ultimate fighter as well. Yeah. So I think when I talk to him, he's like, okay, grab me any way you want, and I'm going to find a way to counter you, you know? 
And I think that the beauty of some of these positions in, is that like, if you think about something like turtle or smashed half or the mount or the back, we are connected. We're glued together. We're handcuffed together. You know what I mean? Right. And it's, it's just like, if you look at top half guard, smashed half guard, and you flip it upside down, you know what I mean? It's like, we're, we're, we're almost in mirrored positions, you know? Right. So same thing, like closed guard, you know, in the mount, it's like, if you're in the space yeah, and floating around, you know what I mean? Like they're, 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 they're very, very similar. So um, yeah, I think that the idea that somebody could grab you and you could find a way to be successful from anywhere is, is um, pretty, you know, pretty powerful. You know, and, and right. I think that it's just something that most people don't consider. I was having an argument, not an argument, but a discussion with my friend where he was saying that he thinks it's more useful not being able to let anybody in and to have really good range defense. And then if you do, if they do get in, like whatever, you could be in trouble. Well, I was saying that I thought both were important, but it's so much more important to have the close defense, right. you know, because what's going to happen here? Like, okay, let's say, let's say you... You get in Let's that say, back position. What do you do? Yeah, you like, man, it's so cool watching Ryan. Like, like, um, I'll watch him train with people that their whole game is like basically like focused on distance. And mm -hmm. Ryan's game at this point is much more, at least on the ground, is much more focused on just connection. Yeah, right. and I'll watch them do all this shit to get close to Ryan, and then the seconds are close, they just get, they get thrown. Up. Yeah, they get thrown or footlocked or. Uh, swept or guillotined you know and it's just like they thought that they'd be fine once they were at his shoulders and like top side control but turns out you're not fine. <laughs> you know what i mean and and yeah, i well, think that's just an unusual thing yeah do you, do you guys do uh, like regular rounds anymore or is it just uh, specific training? oh yeah because... for sure for sure we do mm -hmm. a lot of regular rounds too we just okay. train a lot bro like me and ryan train a lot oh, um, uh what about like, uh, let's say you have a no-gi tournament coming up. Do you drop the gi completely or do you keep training as much as you normally would? On uh, the gi? I still train the gi. I still train the gi. I like the gi. But it's right. more like, um, how should I say? It's more like for fun, you know? Exactly, yeah. Just to kind of keep things fresh um, and, and keep it fun for me. And also, I still compete in the gi, so I want to... Um, so you can't just afford to like drop something altogether like that? Yeah, I don't want to drop it all together, but like my focus right now is, uh, you know, to perform well in my match and 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 just let my jet my best jujitsu out. You know, like I know right. that if I grapple, I know if I grapple the way that that I do or that I can, and and like if my best jujitsu comes out, I beat anybody in the world. You know, and it's just a matter of it's just a matter of that happening. You know, so I I, I try to focus less on winning, you know, or losing because that can happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. um but more just like let me believe in myself breathe focus you know and let my jujitsu out you know and that's kind of what i try to do in training and then mm -hmm. i think that the only thing that changes psychologically is um i'm a little sharper a little bit more like sharper and um i guess uh i don't want to say I don't want to say dangerous because I, 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 don't, I don't really think I'm a dangerous training partner. Your timing is better? Like there's less time for you to tap, I guess I'd say. Okay. You know, and, 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 and it'll be the type of thing where if I think that you're not going to tap fast enough, I'll just kind of catch it and let it go. But in right. training, and I think this is one of the reasons that my footlocks, 
my footlock defense and my counter defense has, has gotten much better is that Ryan will let me let me play a little bit, you know? So it's like, let's say he gets a footlock on me. He's not just ripping my foot off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I He's can give you a wiggle it. room. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if it gets to a point where it's like, no, you can't go that way. It might get a little tighter, but mm-hmm. it's not like, it doesn't feel like my foot's going to explode. So we can, right. de- I can definitely kind of move around a little bit until it feels like I get to the end of the rope. Um, but when you're training with Ryan, like fight camp, you don't have that luxury anymore. Right. And it's not like he's hurting you, but it's like the intensity that he catches things it's with. The mindset changes completely, right, for him? Yeah, because it's not, it's like normally when I'm training, like my focus is more learning. And yeah. now it's more like I'm going to try and take everything I've developed and, and, and take it to, you know, take it. Highest efficiency. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't want to. And also, like, I recognize that it's dangerous. He wants to hurt me. So I need to do everything I can to get him out of there. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. I had, a, I had, a, I had a, a really valuable learning experience um, at the last tournament I did, the Orlando Open, where I competed against um, this guy, uh, Marcus Bedar, who's a, a like, really good grappler. And um, I was winning the match by points, and I was feeling good, like, coasting. And I'm so used to somebody... Um, just trying to fight back positionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and he caught me in like a nasty arm bar and I was able to get out of it, but like, it was close, you know, like that was not good, you know? And, mm-hmm. and it was just a, it was like a, a good reminder of like, Hey, when you're winning and you're competing, like you go, like you focus and you go after them because they're trying to hurt you. You know what I mean? And, and you can't take the, the, the pedal off the gas at all. I and that's something him. that, yeah, that's something that when I feel like when I'm doing um, like little gloves with the guys, you feel that much more because you're like, man, I can't. I'm Most of your consequences, guard. right? Yeah, you're like, I'm bottom close guard. I can't just chill because one yeah. punch and it can change everything. And granted, right. when they're just training, nobody's trying to knock you out or anything. But um, it's, still, it's, it's not very fun. No, nobody wants to train like that. But I guess just even like if people are throwing like little strikes, there's like a much higher sense of urgency. Right. Absolutely. It's completely different. Um, I, I have a question for you. Um, yeah. uh, with regards to competition, do you think uh, it's necessary for gym owners or coaches to have a background in competition? I don't think so. I mean, I think that, I think that if they, if they want to develop competitors, then it's helpful and, and not just, but, but it's like, I can be a, I can be an amazing instructor and a poor competitor, or I could be a incredible competitor and a poor instructor. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the two go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say that for the instructor, um, you're not going to be able to give them. Personal experiences from competition. Exactly. Exactly. And you're not going to know, you're not going to know, you can, you can, you can, you can kind of like almost like theorize what it's like or like channel what you think it's like to be the man in the arena, but you don't know for sure. Like you can't say, you know, and then like, I think about that with, um, with Danaher, who's obviously an amazing coach, you know what I mean? And he's produced all of these world-class guys, but no competition. but he hasn't competed and, and maybe, and maybe, and maybe he would be amazing at competing. I, I, I don't know, but it's just, I'm like, well, he can't, he can only say what he thinks it's like, you know what right. I mean? Right. Where, 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 
But and, that drawback will always exist, right? I mean, he won't. And, and maybe it's not a drawback. Maybe it's not a drawback. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it is or isn't. You know, maybe mm-hmm. him not competing, maybe him not competing gives him a more analytical approach to it because he can he can disconnect himself emotionally from right. the kind of trials and tribulations and the different things you feel. But the reality is that everyone does feel those things. You know what I mean? So, so it's just, it's. I find that it's helpful to be able to connect with my students associate when they're feeling yeah like this is what i felt in these moments this is how i dealt with it while somebody that maybe right. doesn't compete can only give you what they think they'd do but they couldn't tell you what you'd actually do you know what i mean and and everybody likes the idea that they would have this like badass noble approach you know like like fuck like what do i think i do you know like what do i think i do if i were walking down the street and some guy pulled the knife on me and my girlfriend you see the memes on that shit dude yeah yeah yeah. when i get pissed off i can i can fucking hack anyone yeah Yeah, yeah, i I don't need to train that doesn't get old man you'd be surprised i was i i was having a argument i mean not an argument because it's just funny at this point (laughs) but talking to one of my friends that that he's a bigger guy and we're talking we're in new york and he's like I just don't think you could beat me in a fight. And I'm like, you're delusional. You're like, you are delusional. You know what I mean? Like, what makes you think, what makes you think that you could beat me? You know, like, tell me, tell, like, please tell me about, oh, he's like, well, I would just knock you out. I'm like, tell me about all the people that you've knocked me out in your life. Uh, that you've knocked out in your life. Knocked out in your life, yeah. Right. Like, do you have like, like, a, like, a, like, a, like hundred people list that you've just laid out? Because if so, tell me, because I'm a little scared now, but you don't, you've never, Beat anybody in, in a fight. innate man testosterone caveman kind of thing right but i remember thinking that when i came to jujitsu and because you know i put my friend to sleep in the duel and i was like <laughs> you know in my head i was like i've got to be like a blue belt you know at least yeah. you know yeah. and then i just everybody was stomping me and i'm just like oh my god you know and and you have this like uh almost moment where you're like okay i don't know anything and thank God I figured this out now because I could totally see myself before jujitsu, like getting into a fight with someone at a bar because they Damn. pushed me or bumped into Damn. me, you know, and I thought that I could handle myself. But what if the guy that bumped into me did it by accident <laughs> and they had 10 years of striking and I was a dickhead? I would just yeah. be like, I hope that you don't hurt me. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they if told you me to throw a, a low kick correctly, I'd be worried, right? And it would have oh very real. Oh my god, it's terrible, man! Like, dude, it's terrible. We have all that, these striking uh, guys at the gym. That clip of Ryan uh, double-legging this drunk dude in a Shit, that's yeah. restaurant. That's, that's from a like, long that's time ago. Like Ryan Hall. I mean, yeah, but like, dude, I have like Mohit, you'd know this. I have friends like who till date will tell me they take me in a fight. Yeah, and, and they keep poking amazing. the bear as well. Like they're like, oh, you're not gonna do shit. Like, come on, fuck you. So, and I'm just like, yo, like he murders our ass every day in the gym. Like, <laughs> how are you guys just getting away with this shit? Like, yeah, I I don't I don't know. It's uh, it's funny mostly, but ah, uh, it's just it's hard to it's hard it's to. I, yeah, it's it's natural. You know, it's normal. I think, but but I think right. that that hinders progress. You know. Um, like I remember when, and, and also it makes you sometimes not appreciate how good or how skillful people are. Um, like I was mentioning those two guys, the Terrell brothers who are mm-hmm. insanely good. Yeah, they are so good, man. And, um, like David is, David is 
it's one is David, one is Josh. And David has uh, worked with me a lot over the last couple of years. Um, like I help him a lot in jujitsu. He helps me a lot with my judo and wrestling. And I think that the more I learn about and wrestling, I can start to even like comprehend how good he is, you know, because when I would first start training with him, I would just know be like, okay, um, I don't know what he's doing. I just know I'm on the floor. I'm like, well, that was cool. But now, now I see a little bit more clearly <laughs> how, how he did what he did and how he yeah. creates it. I'm yeah, just like, yeah. that was, that was so cool, you know? And, and, and also I think that as my, yeah. as my ego shifted towards like, Hey, I just want to do well with him in a jujitsu round. So like, I'm not going to let him take me down in the beginning. I'm going to pull guard. I'm going to stay really tight. I'm going to avoid coming up on the single or double because he'll probably throw me and I'll win. Maybe I'll take his back. Maybe it'll be advantages or maybe I tap him. Mm-hmm. But that's the only way that I could safely beat him. While now I'm like, okay, you're so skillful in all other places. So I'm going to try to come up on a single leg every round. I'm going to try to wrestle you. I'm going to try to double leg you. I'm going to try to snap you down and, you know, get, get my butt kicked nicely. <laughs> like he's really controlled, but but I'm learning so much, you know, and, and I find that my willingness to actually engage in those places makes him much more willing to be safe with me there and to almost show me what would happen. Um, and and I, I encountered the same thing when I, when I moved here and I started training with Ryan where, um, you know, I came from such a competitive environment at Marcello's, but almost it was like winning however you could get the win. You know, so sometimes I would I would train with Ryan, especially in the gi, since um, he doesn't train gi as much. And I would play such a closed off game and nothing would really happen. You know, like like he wouldn't pass my guard and I wouldn't sweep him. And in my head, I'm counting advantages and he's like bored. You know what I mean? And then at a certain point, we talked about it and he's like, you know, um, you're not really doing anything when we train. You're just blocking me the whole time. Mm-hmm. And. I was like, well, I feel like if I open up, you're going to counter me. Like you're going to tap me or you're going to pass my guard or you're going to throw me. So I don't want to open up. And he was like, well, that's the only way you're going to learn. And he was like, and, and also what's, what do you think is going to happen when you're in a match with someone that's world-class and it feels like that? Do you think you're just going to summon this thing at will and just be able (laughs) to go, you know what I mean? So he's like, so he's like, if you're only giving me one opportunity to make something happen, a match or a round. I've got to really take it. And that would also feel like, man, when I'm rolling with him, if something happens and I mess up, like I get fucking like, like, like stuck in the mount and it feels terrible. You know what I mean? And you're just like, holy shit, I'm getting like my ass kicked. Um, While now it's like, we still train, but it's at a much more like we train hard, but like I engage so much that it's like, I get so much experience training with him where it's just like, I, try to attack him the whole time because I'm like, well, you're one of the best counter fighters in the world. Why would I waste time trying to not fight you when I have this, I have access to doing this in the room in a way that's safe and productive and I can learn. I'm just wasting my time if I'm trying to disengage, you know what I mean? Um, But that's an ego thing. I'm like, well, I don't want him to pass my guard or I don't want him to tap me. It's like, well, fuck. then you're like definitely not going to do well a long term because you're scared to lose, you know? So it's almost to the point now where before tournaments, I I have to like dial it back. 
because I'm like, man, I, I just, I, I'm attacking too much. Like, it's almost like, uh, it's almost unsafe, you know? So like, uh, I'll like, this one's actually kind of interesting because of the rule set. It's like, if you don't rack up 11 points on me, we go to golden score. So right. I feel like I can attack more. But when I'm getting ready for like an IBJJF tournament, I'm like, hey, I, I can't open up in ways that allow you to pass my guard. So, so, so like, uh, like if I fuck up your past, you know what I mean? Or if I fuck up, you're on my back. So I'll try to play the game a little bit more, but I still try to attack as much as I can safely. Right. So uh, what is it? I mean, this is a question that uh, one of my one of the students at the gym had asked me to ask you. Uh, what is it like rolling uh, with Ryan Hall, like around with Ryan, who is, I mean, probably the most well-rounded guy I could think of? Mm, I'd say it depends how you roll with him because it depends how you treat training with Ryan. And I see a lot of people roll with Ryan and not like what happens to them, you know? And, and, and typically that's because they do, and he doesn't like, I like, like, like hurt, hurt people, you know, because I think that um, people, but he'll definitely make people feel like they're going to be hurt, you know? And that's a big difference, you know, like, like people will feel scared, um, but, you know, and, and maybe be uncomfortable, you know, but then after the round, it's like, Hey, do you need to take a trip to the hospital? It's like, no, right. Then you're not fucking hurt. Right. It's like, yeah. can you do another round? It's like, yes, then you're not hurt. You know, maybe your maybe your lip is a little, busted. you know, yeah, but okay. you're a little busted, but you're fine. You know what I mean? Like if this guy wanted to hurt you, he would hurt you. Um, and I think that I, I tend to see stuff like that happen when people will do what I mentioned before, basically spaz in, go mm-hmm. as hard as they can go as hard as they can. And then the second Ryan gets a hold of them, they try to run away. And then I'm like, okay, so what do you want to get out of this? Because right now you're just poking this bear. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're, you're kind of poking this bear in a way that you might not like, you know? And, and I find that if you train with Ryan and you just try to engage with him and try to win, because like the worst would be like, if you're training and somebody's not actually trying to beat you, you know, like, like uh you said you're a purple belt right like like that's awesome you know but if we're training and you get me in an arm bar and like you're gonna let me out i'm like fuck this isn't real like this right. isn't this isn't real i need to know that it's that it's real um so it's like i find that when you're training with ryan and you're engaging with him and you're trying to beat him it feels like almost like a ghost you know like he doesn't <laughs> He doesn't, he doesn't grab very hard. Like he never squeezes you. He's just always kind of like pressuring and releasing and pressuring and releasing. And it just feels like you've got him and then he's gone and then he's on your back, you know? And, and, and it's, it's, it's really cool, man. I've never, I've never felt anybody that moves quite like Ryan does because he lets you so far in is the other thing. You know, a lot of the time, like I mentioned, like when you're, you're training with these guys, you know, like I trained with Gianni for four years. I don't think I, I don't think I passed his guard one time, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because his guard is so good, right. so good. You know, it's so hard to get through. Um, while with Ryan, like those fucking let me throw his legs to the side, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, but then the thing is, is like, now we're connected. You know what I mean? That's where his work so, begins. Like, exactly, exactly. Then he can start to counter. He can start to attack. He can start to find his positions. Um, so, so I find that for him, sometimes he just does that to get action started, 
you know, because these people want to dance around on the outside and they're tentative to engage. So he's like, what did you want? You wanted side control. Okay. Have side control. Now let's, can we go now? You know what I mean? And then, (laughs) and then, yeah. And then you, sometimes you realize like how almost broken people are in their heads, you know, especially the more that I grapple like this, because, um, sometimes you'll like, um, you'll train with someone or compete against someone that kind of wants to engage, but not really. I'm like, okay, what can I give you? Like, what can I give you that will actually make you grapple me? Like, uh, just to use like uh, my opponent this weekend, like if I give him my foot, he'll go for it. Right. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Right. Like I'll agree on that. If I give him my foot, he will go for it. Right. So it's like, what if I needed action to, to get created? What if I wanted him to move with me? What if I wanted to attack him? What if I just needed movement to get created? It's like, dangle my foot out there. You know, (laughs) you better be ready you better be ready to call the bluff, you know, and you also have to be experienced and, and also okay with like, okay, if I, if I, if I, if I need to create action and I lure, like, like put, put my foot out there as bait, like if he, if he gets it, like that's on me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's consequences. It's there's consequences, but that's like a decision that you make in the moment and you have to be okay with it, you know? Um, so not saying that that's like my plan, you know what I mean? Like, hopefully I don't, I don't let this guy rip my foot off, but, um, but I think that that's like a way to assess opposition. It's like, what are you good at? What, what are you likely to go for? What will make you engage me? And then you can, you can work around that, you know? That makes a lot of sense. Like, I know if I, um, if I had a match with, I mean, I've had a match with Paul and Meow, but like, the Meow brothers are going to go for my back, right? Yeah. And it's like, they're just, they're, they're, there's no way they won't, you know, if you show them their back, you'll go for it, you'll go for it, you know? And yeah. it's like my, my level isn't, isn't there right now, but like, um, I see it with like David Tarrow and Ryan where like, you go for their back and they stand up to the feet and then they fucking throw you and you're like, right. holy shit shit like how did you just do that to me you know and it's like okay maybe i can't do that yet but there's people out there that can so why can't i do that you know what i mean why can't i do that one day um so i would just say that when i'm rolling with ryan it just i i've never felt someone that's so willing to engage everywhere and like you said before like he's so well-rounded so it makes you feel like there's nowhere you can hide and nowhere where you're safe you can do well also I mean, yeah, you have to be legitimately, you have to be legitimately good everywhere to be able to challenge Ryan. And I think that that's sometimes like, I'll, I'll, uh, like he'll get frustrated in training sometimes because of that man. The only person that doesn't run for me. And I'm like, well, I've been training for almost 15 years. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, (laughs) and and, and also training with you every day for the last four. So I kind of know what he wants as far as a training partner, but I'm like, why would you expect this purple belt that's been training for six years that doesn't know these positions um, to be able to engage you wrestling on the feet, on the ground, this place, that place, that position, good position. Like they don't know what to do, dude. It's like, they don't, you're asking questions to the test and they're just like drawing a blank. Like they don't know. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, so you basically need someone that's really good and that's going to engage you all the time and then you'll get good training. So that's where it's like, okay, we try to bring people in, you know? Right. Shit, man. That's, that's fascinating. What was amazing was uh, we, we took a trip down to, uh, to Charlotte uh, like a month ago. Um, watching him and Lucas, uh, Lucas Leopard train was so cool. 
Because, He's obviously a uh, black fan under Lucas, correct? Uh, Ryan? Is Ryan? Uh, who is... Uh, no, Ryan got his black belt from, uh, from Felipe Costa. Okay, Felipe Costa, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's trained with Lucas a bunch, um, I think, at Marcelo's, because um, Ryan used to train at Marcelo's. I got my, um, my blue belt and my purple belt from Lucas, Fabio, and Babs, so um, wow. he's, like, my, my first instructor, so I, I, I try to, like, go there whenever I can. It's, it's such a fun gym, but it was just interesting seeing them roll because both are obviously amazing, but both of them don't shy away from anything action yeah so so sometimes like what i'll see like okay so let's say i'm playing guard and you're backing up right a lot of the time in, let's say a lot of the time in jujitsu people will either they'll either butt scoot forward mm-hmm. they'll sit there and try to get you to engage they'll halfway get up hope that you engage and then they'll try to go and under you and pull again right or what would I do if I were just like Jordan Burroughs wrestling and Marilla Santana on top? I would just stand up and go fucking get you, right? Yeah. But yeah. sometimes we don't develop that skill set. And that's what I was going back earlier on. I was talking about like space. I'm like, if you go backwards, I go forward, right? Like I that's fill the space that gets created. Um, so, so when I would watch Ryan and Lucas train, it's they're constantly both trying to eat up space. Like nobody's giving space. They're all coming forward and then if somebody gets up to their feet the other person's like i'm not pulling guard you know what right. i mean like now we're wrestling. different reflexes from the majority yeah so it was just so cool seeing two guys that were so good um like Go jockey ahead. for every little thing you know every little yeah. position it's really cool oh man i wish i could be in that room yes just be a fly on the wall in that room <laughs> it was fun man it was fun so um we've got a lot of uh, young listeners, guys who are trying to compete in jiu-jitsu, who do compete in jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts. Um, what's some advice you can give them uh, for, for A, during training, and B, outside of training hours? I would say that during training, it's got to be, like, you got to have fun with it. That's the biggest thing that I tell people. It's got to be fun for you, you know? And and sometimes I'll, I'll see people come in, and, and this is the tricky thing with jiu-jitsu getting... Jiu-Jitsu and MMA getting more and more popular is I can be a kid that's coming off the street, never trained a day in my life. And you come in and you're like, I'm going to be in the UFC. And like, what, what makes you, what makes you think that, you know, and what not, not just think that, but what makes you think that you want that, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, because it's like you, you start to realize the level of dedication that's going to take. And it's like, maybe you're unwilling to do that for better or for worse, you know? So I would just say for, for kids that are getting into it or people that are just starting to kind of get their toes wet, just have fun with it. Enjoy the experience. Like, yeah, I feel like this is like the most cliche thing, but just like enjoy the journey because nothing changes. It's just a matter of staying consistent and dedicated over time. I've had so many people that over the years, you know, that were better than me, like, but I, but I, stayed more consistent and I never stopped training and I never stopped working or trying to get better. And maybe they went and did something else. You know what I mean? Um, So I just, I think that longevity is the biggest thing and discipline is really important. So I would say that for the people that are taking it seriously and, and you're like, Hey, this is going to be my thing. You, you have to maintain the discipline because there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be, 
times where you compete and you lose and it just feels like the worst thing ever. Um, but I think it's, it's, that's where you learn about yourself and about your perseverance and your ability to kind of like push through adversity. And there's so many lessons that you can learn from the whole thing. But if you're just, if you're just wanting to think about the highs, you don't, it's almost like the highs, you don't get to appreciate the highs without the lows. You know what I mean? I appreciate all the good moments I've had because of the bad and because of the struggles and because of the, the hardships that I've been able to persevere through. So I would just say for, for new people, just like, enjoy it, like have fun with it. Like I still have so much fun with training, you know, like I'm like, uh, it's my day off, but I'm excited. Like I'm excited to talk about jujitsu with you guys. I'm excited to go back and train tomorrow. And, and, um, I think that's the most important thing because you, like, if you give me someone that like, let's say you're like a, a special talent and you play guitar for, you know, three years, you could be really good for someone that played for three years. But you give me someone that's not talented, but works really hard for 10 and they're going to be better, you know? So, you know, so I just, I just think that the discipline and and having fun with it and the enjoying the ups and downs is all, all part of the, all part of the process. And then I think like last thing, but just like being able to let go of what you think the results should be, be. Mm. you know, and just letting yourself just, kind of go you know what I mean and just like hey like I'm okay with whatever happens I just want to do my best you know and 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 I think that at least for me like for the longest time when I was training and and this I think is also like when you're a little younger you have different different goals but I was like all I want to do is be like I just I thought the idea of being a world champion was so cool you know it was just like wow I'm best in the world at something you know and like that was all I wanted and like I wanted to win worlds and pan ams And then I won Pan Am's at Brown Belt. And I had this like moment where I was like, well, A, nothing changes. I'm going to still go back and I'm going to train tomorrow. So everything's the same. And B, I remember feeling like, well, I won it at Brown Belt, but I can't really say I was the best person here today. You know what I mean? Like I look at the Black Belt results and I'm like, okay, so Paul Meow won, right? And then you look at the Black Belt results and you're like, okay, but like Cabrinha wasn't in the division and Hoffa wasn't there and Ryan wasn't there and all these Pinquino, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it's man, there's just, yeah. And it's just like, all, all, like, like I was so, I was so focused on results. And then when that happened, I was like, well, nothing changes. And even if you do get the results, it's like, you were the best out of the people that showed up, you know, but like, are you the best in the world? Like, how do you even know? And, and it's just, um, I think for me, yeah, it's endless. Like, like for me now, I'm just, I'm, I'm more focused on getting as good as I possibly can, developing the places that I'm weak, being well-rounded and just feeling like I am willing to grapple people everywhere. Like you want to back up away from my guard? All right, I'm going to stand up and wrestle. You want to pull? I'm going to pass. You want to pass? I'll play guard. Like, I just want to feel like I can engage everywhere and, um, and I think that when I realized that I cared more about my overall development and getting better at martial arts than I cared about winning a world championship, I think I started to get like significantly better. And don't get me wrong, I still want to win worlds at black belt. I, that's always been a huge goal of mine. But I think that now if I don't have a competitive result that 
that I'm like happy with, I still mm-hmm. know how much I'm learning and how much I'm developing. You know, like right. let's say I lose this match. It's like, okay, I would have loved to win, but I like the skills that I'm working on to get ready for it. Like that's, that's important. You know, like I'm getting better at so much, right. you know? So I think that's like, that's like that's really important. You perspective know? Because people don't have that outlook. Um, Everyone training. wants the shortcut, the like, you know, I want to win. Now I'm a champ. Now, you know, I can become that's famous. Yeah, but, now this is my... but, but sometimes, sometimes that doesn't even like, it's like, would you rather, and this is a question for, I mean, each person can have a different answer, but I think it's like up to you to answer honestly. Um, but it's like, Ashwin, would you rather be a black belt world champion? And, and did I say it wrong? No, no it's correct. absolutely correct. Okay. Uh, would you rather be like black belt world champion, ADCC champion and have the accolade? Or would you rather not have the accolade and have all the skill of someone that does? You know what I mean? It's like, I, I yeah, don't know. Like, like for me, yeah, it's like, it's hard to say, man, because sometimes you see somebody like I've rolled with people that are like world champions and I train with them in the room and I'm like, huh, <laughs> you know, and not a knock on them. Like they're, they're right. good, but I'm like, yeah, but I think it's amazing because like, like sometimes they make it happen in their own way, you know, maybe yeah. not the way that I would have done it, you know, but I'm like, like how, like, how did you do that with those skills? Like you the know, end they, result is there, but the working, the, the, prog- the work, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's just like, they just found a way to do it. You know what I mean? I guess is what I'd say, but I, but it also sometimes feels like there's all of these areas where they're weak, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's say you think about your, your, yourself as a video game character and you have all of these different skills and you're like, I'm 99 overall, 80 overall, like 75 yeah. here, 64 there. You know what I mean? And you have all of these places where you're like a five, you know, like a five <laughs> out of a hundred, but you won black belt world. Like how the hell did you do that? You know what I mean? Something doesn't matter. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I think for me, I, I guess my focus now is to be as good as I possibly can. And I try, will fall but i'm okay with it if it doesn't so long as i am pursuing not okay with it like obviously i want it to happen like i wouldn't be like oh i fucking never want anything you know what i mean (laughs) but 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 um but i know that the pursuit of knowledge i think will get me closer to the goals that i have versus just wanting to have that thing and be able to be willing to get it like however like if it's win by an advantage you know what i mean and i think it would be kind of a bummer to train this long like i really do believe like i'm going to wind up winning like 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 important titles at some point you know like i've put in i've put in so much work and so much time and and something i've noticed about jujitsu over the years is that it seems like things find a way to work out for the people that have put in the work you know like right. you see people that, that, that sometimes like win these big tournaments, you're like, man, that guy won, you know? And it's like, I didn't expect that, you know, but it's like, I bet they fucking expected it, you know? And I bet that they, I bet that they were, um, I bet they believed in themselves and put in the work the whole time, you know? So, so I guess it's just like, I always imagine that these things are going to happen for me. And it's just a matter of when and doing everything I can in the moment to kind of get myself there, you know, because it's like, okay. I'd like a million dollars, but what am I going to do today to get there? You know what I mean? And a lot of the time, I think that people 
want this thing, but they do the same thing every day, you know, and it may or may not be what's Nothing getting them to the thing to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Ryan's helped me with that a lot. Just like when I first came in and I was just like drilling barambolos and stuff, he's like, okay, like you could just keep doing that. But he's like, but you're really bad at all this stuff. And it almost hurts to hear that from someone, especially from someone that you look up to. They're like, yeah, I'm like, really? Like I suck at this. He's like, yeah, you suck at this, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's a bummer, <laughs> you know, but, 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 but you could choose, you could choose to be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to like be sad about this and try to get good at something else, or I can keep working at it and working at it and working and at it. And not ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. And so eventually I'm okay here, you know? And, and I think that that's, you know, if you keep doing that, you're going to find places where other people aren't very good and you have some skill, you know, because like you're, um, like you're a purple belt, right? And when you train with your white belt students, like they might not be able to tell that much of a difference if you beat them up versus like a black belt, you know, because yeah. like you both tap them three or four times and they don't know the difference, you know, and, and it's hard to tell. Um, so you don't have to be like the best guy in the world to victimize someone that doesn't know what they're doing. You know Absolutely. what I mean? That makes a lot like, of sense. I, don't, I don't need to be Jordan Burroughs to double leg someone that doesn't know how to stop a double leg. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So just like, I don't need to be David Terrell to be able to throw you, you know what I mean? So it's just, um, I guess for me, just trying to, yeah, just trying to get good everywhere and, and figure out where people suck and then fight them there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rare trait, man. This is the last of a dying breed, I'd say, today's world. Yeah. I don't know, man. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's, um, I wonder if it's like this obsession with results and also like social media fucking polluting people because that's like 100 yeah i wonder like do you really want do you like how much do you want to win versus how much do you want to post about it on instagram you want the likes on instagram that's all it is yeah it's, but man it's, like, it's fucking insane man it's you're instantly connected to a few thousand people at the touch of a button it's, it's and it's almost ended. the same with all you're thinking about well, right? it's all right. you're thinking about man i mean people just do real life shit for likes at the moment yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird, but we have like all of this information in our hand that sometimes it's like uh, you can lose sight of what's important just because you're so um, everyone's so caught up with like their phone or their own the like bullshit. their world on the internet. Yeah, they're bullshit. You know, like sometimes, man, like I'll like uh, like leave my phone at home for the day and you know, I'm like reaching for it constantly. Like, where <laughs> yeah, is it? you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, like I'm a it's, reflex like, almost. Yeah, like it's like. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 you know, I think that that's kind of that's the direction it's things take sometimes, you know. And and the only thing about that is like sometimes people will make themselves seem so good on social media. Like I don't have I don't have very many followers, you know. And then you'll see a blue belt that has like twenty thousand followers, and I'm like, oh my god, is this yeah, guy like everything or something? And I'm yeah. like, well, you'll only see the good stuff. Yeah, I'm like, maybe maybe you're amazing, but maybe that time that you were putting into developing your Instagram, I was putting into training, you know? Right, right. And, and, and the, the, but there is, there is like a balance, you know, like I was talking to Jonathan Thomas about it. Um, you guys know who he is? Uh, no. Sounds familiar, but I'm not, not exactly sure. Check out, check out his Instagram. He has like a really, really good um, like instructional, instructional Instagram, and he puts out a ton of content. And, um, yeah, like he puts out a ton of information and he was just talking to me about the 
um, like the financial benefit of doing of yeah. doing stuff like that and, and being able to create passive income and, and make some money with martial arts. Um, you know, I mean, you can get a lot all. of personal personal um, sessions with that, like, like customers and clients. I mean, people who want to train with you, right? You'd imagine. Yeah, I think so. And it's just a way to make money without um, without putting your body on the line, you know? Right, right. Um, so, so I do think that there's benefit there, but most of the time for me, the reason I don't do stuff like that is because it's like, man, I'm rather be training. Time I'm, that yeah. I'm training. Yeah, I, I don't want to waste time on my fucking phone doing that shit. That's all it is. Yeah. Right? Yep. But that's kind of how it is in today's day and age. If you want to be able to like get good matches and, you know, like I was reading some of the stuff that the guy is writing, uh, <laughs> like about our match. And I'm like, you really think that, you know? Oh, really? I mean, like speak talking at the finest, at the highest level. It's just, oh, it's just like little, little, little bits of little bits of shit talking that like I don't, I don't look too far into. But I'm like, I know for a fact that you don't, don't believe you that. Yeah. So why are you saying? You know, like I saw a comment where someone was like, "He's got no chance," and then, and then his comment back was like, "None." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like high school shit. Oh my god, that's just big. Okay. okay, I have no chance. Okay, zero chances. <laughs> like. All right, like if that's if that's how you want to approach a match to me, with me, be careful. That's good. Yeah, it's just it's just but it's just it's it's so it's so it's so far from reality that it's like, are you telling yourself this to make you feel comfortable, or are you just like puffing out your chest to look hard, or because it's like, man, you're if you're a white belt and we slap hands, you have a chance to beat me every time. Nothing is like. No, like, like what's like through the saying is um, old home runs don't win new games. So, so every single time we slap hands, you can beat me yeah, and I can beat you. you right. Yeah. So to act like somebody cannot beat you is so it's, foolish, it's you know, fucking and bizarre. Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah. And it's either, and it's either a, you're actually crazy. Right. <laughs> because, or, 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 or just have, or just, or just are unwilling to accept reality. Or B, you're trying to promote this thing. And if it's B, then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's fine. Like, you want to talk and, and like, that's not how I want to do things. Um, but I'm if that's kind of your, yeah, but if that's, but if that's your thought process behind it, then, then get nuts, whatever. I don't care. I don't take personal offense to it. But mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, I wonder if, um, I wonder if, I wonder what, what it actually is, you know, because when I watch. It's mechanism, I'd imagine, right? I, I think so, but but I think that what gets under people's skin the most is like uh, like the the truth, and I think that that's what like when when Gordon talks shit, I'm like, man, you're just you're not even talking shit. You're just saying things that are true. The truth, yeah. yeah. You know, and that's why people get so fucking upset. You know, where it's like, <laughs> you know, because it's like he's saying true things. You know, I, and like I think that like when you can kind of figure out what people want, you can push their buttons a little bit you know what i mean like yeah, okay like it's just like like i don't know I, I i i watch the dynamic in training sometimes between like two guys that are like want to be the alpha and right. like like they go really hard because that's what they think that the alpha looks like you know what i mean and then the other guy goes really hard and then it's like whoever's the bigger rock wins but when i watch that i'm like well you better be the bigger rock you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> because if not, you're, you're not, you're probably not going to get the better of that exchange. But yeah. when I think about what would upset me if I were going crazy on somebody, 
like they think it's funny. You know what I mean? They're 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 amused. You know what I mean? They don't take me seriously. Like that's always the worst when you're like upset about something, <laughs> you know, and like you're 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 sad, you're you're trying to like because when I when I see people go crazy in a match, to me that's like you're yelling at somebody. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're yeah, in a conversation. You've lost. Yeah, it's it. like a match. Right. It's like, imagine if I'm, I'm yelling at Mohit, I'm furious at him. And he's just, and, and he just laughs in my face. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, God, that's like, that hurts. Like, that's the worst thing that you can do, and you know? So it's like, like, <laughs> no, that makes I don't know, sense. man. Like you think like, what happens if you think like, I don't know, I have no chance to beat you. And then all of your best shit bounces off of me like that, that, that would, I, at least if it were me, that would psychologically screw with me a little bit yeah it would make yeah. a difference oh. right uh, unless unless i could really detach myself from what i thought and i'm like i'm just saying this to say it you know what i mean but yeah. like for me i'm just like okay i recognize that everyone's good like everyone that trains at a professional level is going to be good and dangerous and they're going to work hard and um you know like that's to be taken seriously you know and i'm going to do my best and i'll put my best foot forward and the results will be what they are you know, yeah. and then I think that when I approach a match like that, I'm much more level-headed and much more accepting of whatever may happen. Yeah, I mean, the result won't really. I mean, you'll be happy with whatever result you get at that point, right? I mean, I'm happy, to, but like you'd be. I, yeah, I mean, I want to win. You know, like yeah. if I if I if I if I don't if I don't if I don't do well, I'll be upset. But I think that I would rather not rather it's like it's hard to say it's hard to say like when you're not in the perspective but like if i had a great match and like i really felt like i left it all out there and i got a good result i think that i'm more happy with those matches than i am the matches that i won by an advantage you know so like i i had a match with um isaac doderline it was it was a long time ago it was like five years ago um six years ago even but we won the finals of the um the abu dhabi world pro which is like a big, a big moment, you know? And, and it was the first time that I, I was ever, it was the first time I went to Abu Dhabi and it was the, the first time I was ever in the final. The only time I've ever been in the final of the world pro, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I remember, big. yeah. And, and we had, we had fought, um, we had fought uh, like a month or two before that in the, uh, the Pan Ams in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. And I, I lost by an advantage in that match. And when I fought him in Abu Dhabi, I remember before the match being like, you know, whatever happens, I'm just going to go for this. You know, I'm going to yeah. really go for this. And I wound up losing the match, but I remember being proud of how I fought, you know? And, and I think that when I look back, I'm more proud of that match than like, I don't know, like the time I won the New York open by an advantage, you know what I mean? Because that's yeah. not, that's not the shit that you're going to remember when you're old. And that's not the type of thing you're going to tell your kids about, you know, but when you think back to when you're, you know, when I'm 80 and I look back, I want to be like, you know, that time that I was in Abu Dhabi and I was in the final, I, I fought my hardest, you know? Yeah. yeah. You can pass that on to your students as well. I think so. So, um, <laughs> just, I think uh, we've kind of been at this for nearly an hour and a half, so we will let you yeah. go very soon. Okay. Uh, I yeah. just have one question and it relates to what we were just talking about. Um, what's the biggest learning that you've had uh, from competition, like what what was like the toughest thing that happened to you, and how you overcome uh, overcame, it? overcame it, and what's the mm-hmm. biggest learning for you? I think the um, I think the toughest thing for me 
was wanting to have the big results and not knowing if it would ever come, you know, and, and, and not that, and honestly, it hasn't really come yet as far as like doing the things that I want to do at black belt. Um, because, you know, I always put a lot into jujitsu and, and I felt like a lot for a long time, all the people around me were like winning Pan Ams or winning worlds or winning these things. And I was like, man, is this ever going to happen to me? And I think that I was, uh, just like, I'm going to just like, I'm just going to keep working. I'm just going to keep working. Like good things are going to happen for me. Like I'm going to have my days. And I think that just learning how to persevere through the hard times is what you get. What, at least what I was, what, what I got the most out of jujitsu or most out of competing, just because it hurts, man. It hurts really bad when you mm-hmm. put everything you can into, into a goal. And, and, and everything for real, you know, because a lot of people think they work that work hard and they don't work that hard, you know, and, and it's, it's easy to, it's easy to act like you're sad or act like you're, like you care, like you said, put up a picture for likes, but, you know, when I go to sleep, I'm the one that's going to think about it. Like, you're not going to think about whether you want, whether I won or lost, you know, and I'm the one that's going to have to deal with it. So I think that just being able to persevere through a lot of hard moments for me um, to get good results um, has shown me that like, I can do it, you know? And, and, and I think that when you actually see it, you're like, you believe it more, you know, right. because it's one thing to think you can do something. It's another for you to actually see it happen. So there was a point at Brown Boat when I started to win things more consistently. And I was like, Oh my God, like it's, it's, happening. it's happening, you know, like everything, everything that I it's saw, in my head is it's starting to happen, you know, and, and now I just, I try to hold on to that, you know, because there's always doubt. And, and the thing about black belt now is that every match is challenging. Every opponent yeah. is, is a, is a champion, you know, like, For sure. like even if this guy was like, whatever talking on his Instagram, like he's fucking good. And like, I'm not gonna, I have to take that seriously. You know what I yeah, mean? Right. So, so there's no easy matches anymore. And it's just about like trusting the work and trusting the experiences I've had and just knowing that I can do it, you know, and, 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 and trusting that my days are going to come. And I think that some people have that right off the bat. Um, and you have to be honest with yourself, you know, like for me, it wasn't like that for me. I always had like some like mental hurdles I needed to work through and, and sometimes I'm still working through them, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that learning how to do that and learning how to persevere and um, how to, not give up when the going gets tough is, is what, what competing has done for me, you know, and also just, just, just learning how to perform, you know, because that's really what competing is. It's, it's right. no different. It's no different than, than, than what you're doing in the room, you know? And I was thinking about that with this match because I'm like, well, I've done a ton of tournaments, but I haven't done as many super fights, you know, On a stage, so like, I'm like, is this different? I'm going to be competing against like one guy. I'm like, well, I get to troubleshoot and plan for this opponent. That's fun. I was like, all right, there's going to be like a crowd. I'm like, do I care? I'm like, I think it's cool. But I'm like, don't make it weird. Don't make it different. You know, at the end of the day, it's just jujitsu. Oh, but I could totally see myself when I was like a blue belt being like, create some like, um, create like a narrative. You know what I mean? In my head. You know what I mean? And it's not that. It's just jujitsu. It just makes it an up. emotional response in that case because you're focusing on the external shit like rather than when you're in the zone and you're actually rolling with someone, there's nothing right. else happening around nothing you. Nothing right? else it's matters. Just, yeah. It's that interaction with that uh, partner of yours. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. And the other thing that I'll say, I think I learned a lot from, and this is maybe, maybe this was just a Adam specific thing. Um, but maybe other people learn from this too, but I think injuries, man, like the times that I've had like some injuries where I couldn't train and I couldn't be on the mat, I realized like how, how badly I wanted it, you know, because yeah, sometimes right. you don't, you don't realize how badly you want something until you can't have it, you know, yeah. like, you know, sometimes people talk about that with like relationships, like you don't realize how much you care about someone or something until it's gone. Right. And I, I think that like, like I got, uh, I had to get knee surgery like a year and a half ago. And, um, hey, that was, a, yeah, that, that was a weird one for me because when I, like when I got the surgery, I thought that they were just going to like trim my meniscus and it was going to be like three weeks. Um, and then it was going to be like nothing. I was like, all right, three weeks off the mat, I'll be fine. And then when I woke up from the anesthesia, they were like, look, your knee was worse than we thought. The MRI didn't show these things. Like, and I wound up having to be out for like, like four months, you know, which what else was it? Was it your ACL or MCL? No, no. It was just the way my meniscus was torn was, um, bucket handles. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was a, it was a bucket handle tear. It was making my knee lock and she thought she would just be able to trim it, but she had to repair it. Right. Um, and so I was out for like four months and, and just over that time, like I was just like, this was right after, like, it was a bad year for me. Like I hurt my elbow. I like dislocated my elbow. It was kind of a freak accident. And then I got healthy, thought I was going to compete. And then I hurt my knee. And I was just like, man, I don't know why these things are happening to me, but I know how badly I want to be out there. And I know that it's worth it for me, you know? And I think that was right. a moment where maybe a lot of people would have been like, Hey, I don't know if I want to do this, you know, or if I don't want to do it like this. But for me, it was just like, I have to do it. You know, like, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, even like, um, like the last Nogi Pan Ams, like I didn't get to compete. Like I had something small happen and like, thankfully now it's, it's good. But, but when I was trying to train that week, I was like, I can't, I can't move the way that I need to move. And it wouldn't be fair for me to go out there and risk hurting myself more and potentially jeopardize this match. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and also I didn't think it would be fair to like myself or my opponents to go out there and not less than a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so when I, it actually, it hit me the day before the tournament when they put the brackets out. When I saw my bracket, I was like, oh my fucking God, like I can't, I, I don't get to compete. I trained so hard. I did all that work, that dieting, everything. And now I don't get a chance to like test myself. Like that really sucks. Right. So, so for me now, sometimes it's like the hard times make me appreciate how much I want it, you know? And, and I think just holding on to that and, and, and figuring out your why is important. Some people, like we said, some people's why is Instagram. Some people like the likes, <laughs> you know? That's so for me, my why is like, I think it's deeper, you know? I think it's like almost like, like to show myself, to show myself and all the people that have put time into me mm -hmm. what I can do, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that like, I, I don't think that I've even like begin to like show like, yeah exactly man like i like i don't want to like suck my own dick but 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 like <laughs> i'm so much i i think i'm so much better than i've gotten to show you know right. and it's just like yeah. it's just like like man if it gets to like like it's just i've got to have it come out you know and it's like i feel, I right. feel like it would be uh i feel like it would be a waste of time and not a waste of time but like it would be a shame to work as hard as i have and not get to see it you know so it's like i just gotta want to keep giving myself the chances because i'm like man when it comes out 
It's going to be fucking. We're, we're super excited to see you yeah, uh, perform on the plan, and we I can't, have I can't all wait, our man. support. Just, yeah, just just talking about it gets me excited. Uh, you know, and thanks again, guys, for having me on. It was you know a pleasure to to talk to you, and and I hope that you know this was like helpful for people and and super super helpful thank you so much for doing this man yeah i i honestly like i it's still um it still kind of like blows my mind that i'm able to like do things through jujitsu because for me i'm just like um like i'm able to like i don't know man it's just still so fun for me you know i just like still see myself as such a student and and like i don't like you know, I, I don't think of anything special, you know, I'm just Adam, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's cool for me to like share time with you guys and talk about jujitsu and, and, and I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. It was uh, amazing insight, man. We really do. Yeah, we're going to get in touch with you on Instagram and uh, yeah. whatever out there, we're going to drop by hundred percent. Okay. Awesome, man. Let's get to talk to you guys. All right. Thank you, brother. Have a good Take Sunday. Care, All right. You too.